My description of social selling is having relevant conversation with relevant people. Mm. And you can break that down. When What do we mean by relevant conversations and how does that come about? Well, it's about the research, the firmographics, the, the psychographics, really understanding your buyer's point of view, really understanding their behaviours. So you've got to have a buyer's profile. But as you know, in companies, B2B, it's never one customer. And then understanding their perspective as well. What are their values? What are the particular bits that they're interested in learning? What are the questions that they might have? Welcome to the Making Sales Social Podcast, featuring the top voices in sales and marketing. Join hosts Bryn Tillman and Bill McCormick as they discuss the best tips and strategies they are teaching their clients so you can leverage them for your own virtual and social selling. Here are your hosts, Bryn Tillman and Bill McCormick. Welcome back to Making Sales Social. I'm Bill McCormick. I'm Bryn Tillman. Bryn, who's joining us today? Oh my gosh, so excited to have Janice B. Gordon with us. We have been kind of following each other on social for a long time. I think she originally found us from the Sales Experts channel. I've been on her show and we've been chatting a lot and I love the magic that she brings for people that want to grow and scale their sales so Janice, welcome to the show. It's an absolute pleasure to be here with you both. Love it. Tell everyone a little bit about you and, and about Scale Your Sales. Yeah, I, I work with mid-cap companies, those that are in the middle. Uh, they're often clients that um, have found new incumbents that are coming along that are beating them to what they consider to be their business. They're competent at sales, but they're probably more traditionalist and haven't modernized enough. So I talk to them a lot about changing their sales process to be customer centric to ensure that it's uh, they're enabling their buyers to buy. So it's really about stepping into the shoes of their buyers and understanding who are their buyers and who are their customers. So scale your sales framework has three key elements to it. I talk about retention. This is the biggest, easiest way to not only grow, but accelerate your sales by looking after what you've already got. So there's a whole program around um, retention. Productivity is looking at really where is your sweet spot? Like Parento's principles, 80% of your sales come from 20% of your customers. But if you do the 80-20 again, we're talking about 4% of your customers that will probably give you 64% uh, of your sales. But most often, companies I talk to don't know who they are. Can you imagine? That's crazy. You don't know. Really? Who even, even at that size? Yeah, think, even yeah. at that size. Yes. And it's often the easiest thing is to measure it by revenue. You and I know that who are your top customers five years ago are not your top customers today. Mm -hmm. So it's really about looking at where you're going and where your customer's going, what the potential is. So there's a there's a whole um, host of ways that we we apply this to our customers. Mm -hmm. And then finally, attraction is about, it's really the social selling. It's a modernized 
way of actually growing your relationships, which grows your sales. That's great. Love that. And speaking of that, we, we want to ask you the question we ask all of our guests, The and that is, Janice, what does making sales social mean to you? Ooh, well, my description of social selling is having relevant conversation with relevant people. Mm. And you can break that down. When, what do we mean by relevant conversations and how, how does that come about? Well, it's about the research, the firmographics, the, the psychographics, really understanding your buyer's point of view, really understanding their behaviors. So you've got to have a buyer's profile. But as you know, in companies, B2B, it's never one customer. It's often 10, 20. Mm -hmm. So it's understanding all of those profiles of those, those customers for the, the type of products um, that you sell. And then understanding their perspective as well. What are their values? What are the particular bits that they're interested in learning? What are the questions that they might have? Mm. Once you've done all of that work, you can start to answer those questions and target the conduit between um, the conversation, relevant conversations um, and relevant people is content. As you know, you two both love content. That that's the glue between the two. But when you produce content, it's to answer a question that a particular buyer, buyer persona might have. A CTO isn't going to have the same questions as a CEO or CMO. So you're going to have different types of content that are going to answer those implicit and explicit questions. So that you want relevant conversations that the content will bring up with those relevant people because you've done all of that research. I love that. Love, love that. And, you know, a lot of what we call that is social listening, that research. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So share with us a couple of uh, insights or tips or strategies or tactics that, that our listeners can implement when it comes to research. So a lot of people go, okay, that sounds amazing, Janice. Now I'm going to go and I need to go research the CEO, the CTO, the CFO. What's the first step they should take or what's a couple steps even that they should okay. take in doing that? You need to research what platforms they're on. So do a search of their name. Mrs. Google will provide you with so much information if you only ask her. So, you know, take that individual. We often think do research onto company level. That's for your marketing department. But you as a salesperson, a seller, it's B2B is human to human. It is one-to-one. -one. So you are having a conversation with that one person. You need to understand their perspective. So search their name, um, follow their content, read their content, mm -hmm. and make notes of their tone, um, the, the subjects, what are the key words, what are the things that they're mentioning most often, who are is in their inner circle, who are they communicating mm -hmm. with, on a regular basis that gives you a big indication of what they're interested in i think often salespeople will say to me well how do i know their perspective oh, it's all online mm -hmm. you know all you need to do is go looking mm -hmm. so who are they closely connected with will tell you what they're interested in what they're following it'll give you an indication of what they may be looking for what they're searching for so you need to gather that that information of course you're going to understand what their position is in the company and their title um, but you also need to 
perhaps interview at a, a lower level. It's easier to get into a company yeah. at a lower level and help get that person, the person you have a relationship with at a low to do an organizational plan and they get often they're quite gossipy they might give you a lot more information than you bargained for and as much as it may be something you're the one to connect all of that up who do they have a closer relationship with who do they trust within the organization when you look at an organizational plan from the outside you're just going to do all of the usual connection mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when you look at it from the inside you know who are have uh, do they have the alliances with mm -hmm. so if they're making a decision who do they go to within the organization to confirm that decision that is now one of your stakeholders or influencers depending on what position they are in the company can you see how you're beginning to plot out that organization from the inside this is why mm -hmm. i say you need to get step in their shoes understand their position and even though you're on the outside it's not so difficult to really see what's going on inside an organization i love that we, a lot of times we'll call that buyer mapping so you call the plotting them out right so where are they but um i just want to add it's so brilliant love that um one of the things you can do with social is search people in past companies. So who used to work there that that's not there now. Yeah. If you want to talk about people that like to gossip, ex-employees, <laughs> they are great to have conversations with. They'll give you the buying strategy, um, who's involved, who's micromanaging things, who is the one to go to that influences. You can get so much from talking to past employees. So I just thought that's I'd a great one. That. That's a great one, Bryn. What Janice just talked about is, is kind of taking social listening and social proximity and kind of putting them together. Yeah. Talk about social proximity and finding and finding all of the decision makers, the peer people in it in an organization. But now you're saying social listening and find and finding out what they're talking about too. So you have a, a, a wider picture of, of the buying process mm -hmm. and of those that are that are buying. I, I love that. I'm curious in terms of retaining clients. You said that was the first uh, part part. What are some things that you suggest that sales reps do specifically when we're talking about social so that they can stay in touch with their with their current clients? Mm -hmm. You know, we say there's five things we want from from our current clients. We want more business. Uh, you know, we want internal introductions, we want external introductions, we want case studies and recommendations, and then finally, we want vendor introductions. What are the some some of the things you suggest they do? Okay, well, in terms of retention, I think the first thing is what's going on here. What happens is that we 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 sell a product, and we are, we limit ourselves. We think that's it. We don't think actually this is beginning. We think that this is next year, if I could only sell the same thing, but a little bit more. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the beginning of a conversation and an opportunity to be the main supplier for everything within that organization. You think, oh, well, that's ridiculous. What I want to do is unlimit the limits we often set ourselves. Mm -hmm. Who knows in five years time where you are going to be, where that organization is going to be and what their, their key products going to be in the value of that. I mean, the world has changed so much. We need to stop limiting ourselves as to what the possibilities are because it's unknown. And if we accept that that's unknown, then we think, okay, whatever happens in the future, 
how am I going to make sure that I'm at the leading edge? I'm at the forefront of that buyer and customer's mind. So there's certain things that you need to do. Looking to up your LinkedIn game? The Social Sales Link team has you covered with our LinkedIn Sales Accelerator, a guided social selling program that includes training, coaching, and so much more. Visit socialsaleslink.com slash in for more details. Again, that's socialsaleslink.com slash in. And one of the exercises that I do with a lot of uh, my clients is get them to map out the value of their relationships. And there is uh, all of the, the different uh, personas within the organization we talked about. And then actually measuring on a point scale from one to five, really where your relationship is with those people. And we'll often find, even though they may have done a big piece of business with that company, there are some major holes in their relationship quotient. And what you need to do in terms of the retention being forefront of the mind of the key people that are decision makers is you need to work over the next year or two to make sure you bring up the quotient. So the value of the whole relationship with the people you have in the organization. So part of it is having a relationship with enough people. Mm -hmm. Part of it is having the quality of relationship with enough of those people. So there's different things you need to work on in order to remain front of mind, in order to be that, that trusted advisor within the organization. Mm. Mm -hmm. So it's all about the how to value those relationships. You can more or less guarantee if an opportunity um, uh, comes along within the customer organization, they're looking for a supplier. If the, your quotient is high enough, you may not do the product or the service, but they're going to talk to you about it. You're going to know what's going on. You're going to be able to refer other people in if it, mm -hmm. you're not the ideal person. You want to be that trusted advisor within the organization. That only happens if you have the breadth of relationships and those relationships are of a particular value. That's how you can almost guarantee you're always at the table. So I love that. I often we'll say detach from what the prospect is worth to you and attach to what you are worth to the prospect. And I think that's a perfect example of how to do that. Just go in there to be the best advisor, to give the best advice. And if you're the right solution, it'll happen. Yeah. So I think that's brilliant. And, and what you're doing is, is not only are you building relationships, you're building credibility. Yeah. And credibility is really, you know, that's that's the 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 money of trust. But it really, I, I can't think of the way I want to say it. Um, but but that's where we really develop trust is when you have that credibility that even if they're not sure if we can provide that product or service, they come to us because they know that we're going to give them an honest answer and we're going to point them in the right direction. And now now we've gotten away from a commodity transaction. And, and we've really developed the, that, that relationship. And I love what you said in the beginning, you know, we're, we're not closing a sale, we're opening a relationship. And, and I think we have to look at each and every new client that comes in in that way so that we can continue those relationships. And, and we're not thinking, okay, I sold that this time and now next year I have to do it all over again. No, you're, you're, you're having a continuous relationship. So I, I, I love that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to take a guess. Is it credibility is the currency of trust? That's it. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. A little, a little more coffee. <laughs>
Love it. Love it. So Janice, I mean, everything you're saying are mic drop moments. I mean, our, our listeners are on the edge of the seats. I can hear them now, see them now, right? Um, your magic, although you have many little powers, I'm sure, is the scaling of sales, right? It's how do I take my pretty good business right now and scale that? So how should these business owners or uh, sales leaders start to think about their organization when they're preparing to scale? You've got to have your systems in place. And I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that you have to have the, the largest sales stack. I often go into organization and it's just a quadmire of tools and apps and all of that. You often need, to, what I often do is just strip that out. We're losing a sense of why we're here and what we're doing. If you're going to scale, we need to have processes in place that are clear and as simple as possible. And you just need to follow the process. The process is iterative, though, because what we did two years ago, we're not going to do in the same way. Otherwise, you're out of business. It's so mm -hmm. much more mm -hmm. online. And, and also from a customer point of view, I often say this. What you knew about your customer two years ago, scrap that. You need to start at the beginning again and do that research again mm -hmm. because they have changed in the last two years. They may be selling completely different products or something. Different people are at the table. You have to start uh, again. So if we're starting from today and we're looking at scaling, mm -hmm. I think today a lot of companies would have stripped out and simplified whether it's the workforce the products or services. So you kind of stripped back already, which it would be one of the things that I said that you need, need to do. The productivity aspect of scale your sales framework is really looking at your sweet spots and identifying what they are, not only on the customer side, the 20% of the 20%, which is 4%, but also on your side as well. You know, what are your best products? and best being the ones that have got legs to go forward. We're talking about scalings, we're looking into the future. So we need to kind of bet on those products and services that have got legs to go into the future. So you mm. kind of need to look internally at, you know, what is the your platform that you've got? And it maybe you might be changing that as well, thinking about how we're going to go forward. You might start thinking about your, your um uh selling more on through other platforms third-party mm. platforms so the way you sell may change so when we're talking about scaling i never go in and talk about your sales process i have no idea what your sales process will be in the future until i've understood where is your business model in the future how is that moving because what oh, i want to no, do is i want to create something is going to yeah. move with the business the business is only going to move where the customers are moving. So again, I, that's why they call me, you know, the um, uh, the customer expert. Everything I do is with the customer in mind. It's with the outcome in mind, the customer. I need to follow my sweet spot of customers and be able to offer them relevant products and services going forward. 
what is the best business model for that to happen? When I understand that, now I can start to build the modern sales process. So we're going to move from where you are now to the sales process that's going to allow you to scale for that unique group of customers because you've got the ideal product that's not only ideal now, but in five years time. Can you see it's not just a process, it's not just about the sales, it's actually about the business model where it's going forward. I love it. So, so as the customer growth expert, which is, you know, kind of your, your moniker of sorts, um, what I hear you saying it, to, to bring it together is you go, you go into an organization and you identify where is your, your business model and is that sustainable? Yeah. And is that position to scale? Is it going to be uh, relevant in two, three, five years? And if not, you help them to rethink that, right? But yeah. if they if you decide, yes, this is great, now we put the processes around that, right? So, so I think one of the things I just want to say to our listeners is really take a look at your products and services and take a look at the needs of your clients today and are they aligned? And, um, and if they're not, call Janice. <laughs> no, no. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So go ahead, Bill. I see your well, line. Yeah. So I have one question. And mm -hmm. and so many times with, with sales reps, they think more is more. Mm -hmm. So the more client, the more, the more client avatars I have, I sell to everyone. The more products and services I have, the more opportunities I have. And what you're really saying is to focus in on, on those sweet spots. I'm curious that when you go into these organizations, how do you overcome that that knee-jerk reaction that we don't like change and no, we can't limit ourselves. We don't want to limit ourselves, Janice. We can sell to anybody. How do you overcome that? Oh, I love these organizations. I absolutely love them. Uh, you know, give me a challenge uh, like that because there are many organizations, many, many organizations like that because what we've got is kind of working and there's the fear of changing it because mm -hmm. we have, that's the unknown again. Look, let's hold our hands up. The world we live in now and going forward, there's gonna be a huge element of unknowns, uncertainty, it's a VUCA world. We have to get used to that. So what do I do? Uh, you, what you, we need is some quick wins. Mm -hmm. I always go into companies, I look at where am I going to get the quick wins? Where am I going to get that the customer, the unattainable customer that they've lost out to new incumbents? How can I help them to win that one? Once I've helped them to win that one, everyone wants to listen to you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's not that difficult because if the board is wondering, how did we get this? This is made of choose. We want more of these successes. Okay, you want more of those successes? We're going to have to change what we're doing internally mm -hmm. in order to make sure it's really focused on your customer and you understand the customer. Suddenly people are willing to listen to you. Mm -hmm. So it's actually not, not that difficult. I just need to identify what is the kind of the nub, the thing that's going to open up people to change because everyone wants a success. Everyone mm -hmm. in that company wants that success. Well, often we'll say, uh, you know, that's really about teaching them something new that gets them thinking differently about their current situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. That is often what opens up that conversation like, hmm, I never thought of it that way. And that would be interesting in my company. 
Like yeah. when you can create those moments, it, those compelling moments, you get hands raised and conversations booked. Yeah. What gets them to unlimit their limits, which you said earlier, which I yeah. love. Yeah, exactly. You know, often when I first get introduced to a company, then the sales leader will often put the most kind of uh, difficult person next to me. By the end of the conversation, we're getting on like a house on fire, <laughs> you know, uh -huh. because you often use it. I am one of my superpowers is questioning. And it's it, the quality, even in the sales process, the quality of your questions. And if you think there are always three questions that are going to get you to where you want to be, only three. The difficulty is sculpting those three questions. Mm -hmm. You spend all your time on those three questions. It opens people up. They're going to be obviously be different questions for different scenarios and outcomes, but you only need three questions. So when you use analogies and metaphors, it helps people to open up because it's not personal. It's not a personal mm -hmm. attack. I'm not saying anything about you. But if I actually gather analogy from someone else's mm -hmm. experience and use that back at them, well, you know, you've just said this, but, you know, do you think in this scenario? And they say, mm, well, it's worked there. And that's worked in my life, in mm -hmm. my experience. It, it, it possibly, you'd, all you need to do is just open people up to the possibilities, willing to do it. I love it. And we could go on and on. Uh, um, but unfortunately, we're coming to the end of our time at Zoom passed. So Janice, if folks wanted to, to connect with you or work with you, how would they do that? Connect with me on, on LinkedIn, the space, Janice B, don't get my B, Gordon. Um, ScaleYourSales.co.uk is the website. But please do, I'd love your listeners to come and visit us at Scale Your Sales podcast as well. And you will find the, the lovely Bryn and Bill, they're coming up in, in the uh, episodes. So um, please do come and visit, like, and subscribe to the podcast as well. Yes, I highly recommend that. And so uh, Janice B. Gordon, Scale Your Sales, thank you so much for thank you, Thank you. Thank you. We so appreciate you. Yeah. And, uh, to our listeners, thanks so much for once again spending time here with us. And this week, as you're out and about, don't forget to make your sales social. Bye-bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. And join us again for more special guest instructors bringing you marketing, sales training, and social selling strategies that will set you apart. Don't forget to subscribe to get the latest episodes from the Making Sales Social podcast. Leave a review down below. Tell us what you think, what you learned, and what you want to hear from us next. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. Visit our website, socialsaleslink.com, for more information.